Monday morning and a lot to get to here on Locked On Syracuse. First, the NFL draft is over. No Syracuse players taken, no surprise, but that doesn't mean there aren't any pro developments in the orange sphere. Plus, Syracuse basketball lost a lot of players from last year. One of them finds a new home. And finally, one of the returning players... There are high expectations. That might be an understatement after what Jim Beheim said. Find out here on Locked on Syracuse. Let's go. You are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Brad Klein, host of Locked on Syracuse, the voice of the people. Happy to be with you on this glorious Monday morning. Who had a good weekend? I remember last Monday, I was complaining about how my weekend was bad because I missed you guys. No, no, I enjoyed this weekend. It was good. Good weekend. My Metsies played well. The Nets are gone long enough for me to get out of bed in the morning. And my Jets had a good NFL draft. We're going to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to talk about Frank Anselm transferring to the SEC and Jim Beheim's overpromise and potentially underdeliver after what he just said. But first, I have to remind you, hey, make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be on YouTube soon, working out the details there and the kinks. But let's dive right into the NFL draft. Okay, so after my Jets took Sauce Gardner, very excited. After my Jets stole Jermaine Johnson, 23rd overall, and we improved our wide receiver core. Then the second round came, the third round came, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. They came and went. And Roger Goodell never said the word Syracuse. No surprise. No surprise. That's okay. Look, Syracuse didn't have that many prospects to begin with, and they certainly didn't have many quality prospects. And I never went on this pod and promised a Syracuse player would be drafted. I said maybe seventh round, maybe sixth round, but don't count on it. Okay. Abdul Adams, no action, running back. Offensive lineman, utility guy, Aaron Service, no action. No surprise. Actually, a bit of a surprise. I thought he might be picked up in a camp just because of his versatility. Didn't happen. Okay. The three guys that we spent time talking about on the first time we started talking about the NFL draft. McKinley Williams to the Colts. Josh Black signs with the Bears. And Kingsley Jonathan goes to Western New York with the Bills. Now, before I talk about these three, Cody Roscoe not getting signed by an NFL team just for camp is an embarrassment. I still I still stand by what, what I said. It was a few podcasts ago that Cody Roscoe would be the most successful player in the NFL if he was given a chance. Didn't happen. I feel bad for him. I don't know why. I think eventually he will get a shot. But he was training at an elite facility. Ford Sports Performance out in the Northwest, and his measurables look pretty good. Eight and a half sacks last season. I was shocked. Okay, 
Kingsley Jonathan to the Bills, Josh Blank to the Bears, McKinley Williams to the Colts. Interesting. So Kingsley Jonathan staying pretty local in terms of Syracuse, and he's from he's from Nigeria. So there's really no local for Kingsley Jonathan. And Josh Black does just that. He's from Illinois, and he grew up a Bears fan. So good for him to go with his team, Chicago Bears. And McKinley Williams, intriguing to the Colts because of what Zaire Williams has done. Because Zaire Williams is a captain. Or excuse me, Zaire Franklin. I'm thinking about Benny Williams for later on the show. Zaire Franklin captain for the Colts, so maybe he has some pull, and he's developed into a nice little player. He's just 25 years young, by the way. I'm looking him up now. Isn't that wild? Feels like an eternity ago that he was on the hill. I like Kingsley Jonathan's chances the best, and the thing you have to understand about these spots for these rookies is that it has very little to do with the quality of the team. Like, you can't look at the Bears and say, well, the Bears are the worst team on this list, so Josh Black is going to have an easier time breaking into the roster because the roster isn't as good as, say, the Bills or the Colts. No. It's depth, and it is, can you help my football team get better? And that's the thing, is that Kingsley Jonathan, Josh Black, McKinley Williams, if they make the 53-man roster, I don't think any of them will, but if they make the 53-man roster for their respective teams, they're not going to play, and their role will not not necessarily be practice squad. And they're not on the practice squad, but their role will be as the third stringers to make the first and second stringers better. That's okay. That's fine. Hey, a man's got to make a living, right? And the funny thing is, if you ask me who has the most earning potential on this list, it's different from who has the biggest NFL ceiling. Josh Black, I think, is going to be like a WWE superstar or something. There have been rumors about that. So, yeah, I mean, Josh Black has the brightest future, I guess. So that's funny. The other thing you have to remember about this list and these players, all of them defensive linemen, by the way, is that they're not auditioning just for their teams. They're auditioning for all of the teams in the National Football League. So when Kingsley Jonathan gets a fourth quarter snap for the Bills in preseason, the Jets will be watching, and the Buccaneers will be watching, and the Seahawks will be watching. The same goes for Josh Black and McKinley Williams. So that's the thing, is that It's good for them, it's great for them to get a foot in the door, get a chance to prove yourself in camp. Again, you're probably not going to make the opening day roster for your teams, but that doesn't mean that you won't make an opening day roster. And that doesn't mean that there's no room for you in the NFL. So good for them. I think that Kingsley Jonathan fits in well. He's he's kind of a a, a quote-unquote local kid. And like I said a few podcasts ago, I think in a situation like this, character matters, right? NFL coaches are going to be looking for every reason to cut these guys. And I'm not saying that Josh Black and McKinley Williams are bad guys. In fact, I would say the exact opposite about Josh Black. He's been nothing but polite and kind to me. We've met multiple times. I've interviewed him multiple times. And he's one of those guys who volunteers his time. 
All the players have to talk. Josh Black will sit down with you obligatorily and stay with you because he's a decent dude. So I love Josh Black. Haven't had many interactions with McKinley Williams. Kingsley Jonathan's winning awards for his leadership and his off-field stuff. That is a reason to keep Kingsley Jonathan. Again, not an indictment on the other guys. I'm just saying that Jonathan has that proven track record. By the way, this is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. Not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. And these are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars... They've got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, usually you have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond is my favorite, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good for you, they're just going to make it. It will be delicious. It will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then they figure out how to make it healthy later. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay. Let's shift over to basketball now. We all knew it was coming. He was in the portal for a little while, and it's not a surprise. A lot of players will enter the portal. So many players, too many players are entering the transfer portal now that you don't have to sit out a year. So a lot of players will enter the portal, and there will be nowhere for them to go. So they try to come back. I actually think that will happen with Chaz Owens. He's in the portal. But the actual player player that entered the portal for Syracuse this year. We all thought he would. He did. Frank Anselm. Backup center to Jesse Edwards last season. Nearly eight rebounds a game in his six starts after Edwards broke his left wrist. And he's going to Georgia. Good for him. I, I honestly mean that. Good for him. I want Frank Anselm to be successful. It was not a good fit. He is an extraordinary athlete. It doesn't mean he's strong enough, but he is an unbelievable athlete, high flyer, strong for his body. He needs to get bigger, but strong for his body and quick. So, and he's long too. He's six foot ten, and he's got a, a more than seven foot wingspan. So you would think that, well, Frank Anselm would be a good fit for the two-three zone. That was the exact opposite of the truth. 
Anselm came in with all these expectations. He came in as a, was a top 100 recruit in 2021 before reclassifying to 2020. And he didn't play much his freshman year, played a little bit more his sophomore year, had to play a lot more after Edwards got hurt. But <laughs> I'm never going to forget what Jim Beheim said about Anselm. And this is, you know, this is kind of evaluating the legacy of Frank Anselm. I've never heard a coach say what Beheim said about Anselm, which is, I, I being Beheim, never had to ask a player to jump before Frank Anselm. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking. Wow, that's pretty wild that he said that. Well, first of all, he shouldn't have said it. But he's Jim Beheim. he's a Hall of Famer, and he's sometimes in press conferences a grumpy old man, but that's okay. It was a a brutally honest thing to say about Frank Anselm. Shouldn't have said it publicly, kind of throwing your player under the bus. Obviously, it didn't really hurt him because he lands at a great school like Georgia. I wonder if that had any effect on Anselm, though. You have to have a thick skin to play for Jim Beheim, And I think Anselm had it, but every man has his limits. And Anselm... Eight rebounds a game in college is not bad. I think Anselm would tell you that he did his job, and it was not good enough for Bayheim. But I don't know. I, I'm not trying to speak for Frank Anselm. All I know is he had a lot of potential, wasn't a good fit. This is one of those those um, rare, somewhat rare instances where the portal is absolutely necessary. Frank Anselm had to transfer. It wasn't a good marriage. It just it just didn't work, and that's okay. It's fine. Frank Anselm was recruited to Syracuse to play the 2-3 zone, and guess what? He's just not a zone player. It doesn't mean he's stupid. Jim Bayheim saying, I've never had to ask a player to jump. That doesn't mean that Anselm is stupid. Him not being able to play the middle of the 2-3 zone well doesn't mean that he's stupid. It just means it wasn't a good fit. So he goes to Georgia. Hey, it could have been worse. He could have gone to Georgetown. He was choosing between LSU and Georgetown and Georgia. Chose the Bulldogs. Georgia is rebuilding their roster. He's the fifth ad from the portal alone. And I think that's attractive for Frank Anselm. Well, think about what he would have if he came back to Syracuse. He's playing behind Jesse Edwards again. Joe Girard's still there. And everyone else is new. Besides Benny Williams, who hardly played. It is the year of the freshman. But Frank Anselm's not a freshman. And he's not really a leader. He hardly played. So why stay? You're just an, you're out of place. You go to Georgia as a transfer. It's the year of the transfer. You're in it with everyone else. It makes a lot of sense to me. Good for Frank Anselm. I really sincerely hope he succeeds. I think he will to a certain degree. I don't think that Georgia's going to take him to the NBA. He just doesn't have that body. Again, he needs to get bigger. And at this stage, it's almost like he's incapable, which some guys are. You think John Bullajock is capable of putting on weight? I'm sure if he could, he would. Just not his body. I wonder how they're going to use him. I, I don't know if he's going to start. But Frank Anselm to Georgia makes a lot of sense for him, makes a lot of sense for Georgia. 
It's a project year for the Bulldogs. See if they can tap into some of that athleticism. And, again, if you're a Syracuse fan listening, you can't be insulted. You can't be surprised. It was going to happen. Just be happy that it's not somewhere in conference, that it's not somewhere to a rival like Georgetown. Out of sight, out of mind. Good for Frank Anselm. I will say this, though. And a lot of guys that transfer from Syracuse don't succeed. And I'm, I don't think it's because Beheim is the best coach of all time. He's a Hall of Famer. But players have transferred from Hall of Famers before and had success. Michael Benege had success. He transferred from Duke. Cole Swider had a pretty good amount of success. I mean, he upgraded his career leaving a Hall of Famer in Jay Wright to go to, granted, another Hall of Famer in Jim Beheim. But you think of a guy like Bryson Goodine, who's just completely disappeared. Goodine's playing for Providence now, but playing is a strong word. Jalen Carey is the same way at Rhode Island. I'm looking it up now, because Goodine just doesn't... He plays... Okay, he averages two points per game for Providence in six minutes a game last year. For reference, he played nine minutes a game at Syracuse in his freshman season. So it didn't work out for Bryson Goodine. A guy like Howard Washington, he's just completely flopped. It's just one of those things. I, I don't Again, I don't know if it's necessarily a proven thing if it's necessarily something that you look at and say, well, history says do not transfer from Jim Beheim, you will fail. It will not go well. B.J. Johnson went to LaSalle, ended up going to the NBA. Honestly, that might be the biggest success story leaving Syracuse. But they're pretty limited. I think, I think Anselm, again, will not struggle more than he did at Syracuse. I don't think his career will be downgraded. I don't think that he will play less like Jalen Carey and Howard Washington and Bryson Goodine. But I do think there is a distinct ceiling to Frank Anselm. And Beheim was expecting more. And at least in that incubator, in that system of the 2-3 zone, Anselm was not capable of giving you more. And when I say not capable, I'm not saying physically. I'm just saying as a whole. That's the frustrating thing about Frank Anselm, and that's the thing that Syracuse fans should remember about Anselm with a bad taste in their mouths. Good kid, good, good player, not great, but capable of so much more than he gave. So much more. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Coming down the home stretch here on Locked On Syracuse and talked about Frank Anselm leaving Syracuse basketball to go to Georgia. We recapped the NFL draft. 
But the Anselm stuff comes out, and that night, Jim Beheim has his 23rd annual Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation basketball at Turning Stone Casino. And it's his first public appearance since the end of the season, so media goes, they have questions, a lot has happened. All the players were there behind Beheim when he was talking about it. So he talked about Frank Anselm, didn't say anything bad about Anselm, which should be noted because he kind of threw the last transfer under the bus. That was last year, Kadari Richmond, beginning of this year, really, when Richmond transferred last year and said that Richmond just didn't work and didn't respect the game. It's a pretty wild thing to say about a kid. So he didn't do that on Frank Anselm. Maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe he just didn't mean it about Anselm. And he meant it about Kadari Richmond. We'll never know. He also talked about Cole Swider and the Bayheims pursuing the pro ranks. Talked about the 2022 recruiting class. But the biggest takeaway was what he said about Benny Williams. So here's the good news. Benny Williams is coming back. Okay. <laughs> the funny thing is, we knew that already, but I think we still had to hear it. Benny Williams went on the radio in the middle of the season when he was basically not playing and said, I am coming back next year. And I think he said it later in the season too, and Jim Beheim kept on reaffirming it and looked at the media like they were crazy when they were asking about it. And even though Beheim said it multiple times, and even though Williams said it multiple times, we had to hear it again. In this day and age, with transfers and the flexibility, you don't have to sit out a year, it makes too much sense for Benny Williams to leave. Didn't play that much. Four- or five-star recruit going into last year, depending on who you ask. He averaged two points per game. Less. Didn't play every game. A lot of Benny Williams's partners equals peers in his 2021 recruiting class, and when I say peers, I mean guys that were ranked near him, similarly to him. They have their own teams. They are elite players for their teams. Now, I will say this, that's not everyone and Jim Beheim made this very clear for a very long time that a lot of the guys that were recruited ahead of Benny Williams, they're not playing at all. Williams, if, if you're new, was the 32nd overall prospect in the 2021 recruiting class. If you want a reference point, Aminu Muhammad was 27th to Georgetown. And he was a four or five star. And he is the face of Georgetown. There he was. A.J. Griffin, 29th overall to Duke. Saw what he did against Syracuse. Trevor Keels killed Syracuse for Duke. He was 22nd. So there are examples of that. Now, again, to be fair, there's an other, another sign to the coin. Brandon Huntley Hatfield was supposed to go to Syracuse. He was re being recruited by Syracuse, goes to his hometown school, Tennessee, and now he's in the portal, and he was 21st overall. So take it and leave it. So Benny Williams staying, first of all, good for him. Very mature thing to do. Maybe too mature, honestly. I don't think I would stay. But he's coming back. He says he wants to learn. 
He's saying all the right things. And Jim Beheim says, not only is he coming back, but he's going to shock the world. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Calm down here. This is, we're talking about the same guy, right? We're talking about the same guy who averaged two points per game in the 29 games he played, 11 minutes off the bench, no starts. The guy who hit just one of his 11 three-point attempts, the guy who only averaged a rebound and a half per game, the guy who had six assists in the entire season. That guy? Okay. Benny Williams is a lot like Frank Anselm. Raw talent. Raw athleticism. Maybe too raw. It's up to the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim to refine him. I think he will, but when you say that a guy like Benny Williams is going to shock the world, what are you actually doing? Are you setting him up to fail? Or are you challenging him to be better? What's the difference? really just depends on the way you look at it. I think Beheim knows what he's doing. I had the chance to talk to Benny Williams before the season, one-on-one, and really nice guy. I think he came to Syracuse knowing what he was getting into. I don't think he was shocked when he didn't play a lot. I don't think he was shocked when he didn't score a lot. The hype was high, good for him, but he knew who he was, and he knew where he was going, and that's great. And I think Benny Williams knows what Jim Beheim is capable of doing for him. A lot of guys don't have that. A lot of guys don't have the patience. Very mature for Benny Williams. The question now is, Jim Beheim says that Benny is going to shock the world. What does that mean? My grandfather thinks that it means 10 points per game. There's nothing wrong with 10 points per game. I don't necessarily see 10 points per game because I don't see where the points are going to come from because Joe Girard's going to score probably 18 points per game. He's going to have to. And Jesse Edwards is going to be in double figures too. And then you figure Judah Mintz is going to dominate the ball. So I don't know where the 10's going to come from. I think when Bayheim means is that he's going to do his job better. He's going to rebound better. He's going to be a good wing defender on the zone. But shock the world is, that's a strong word. And, and the world isn't really paying attention to the stuff that Bayheim might be paying attention to. So, Bayheim is getting your expectations up. I'm here to tell you, calm down. I'm here to tell you, let's temper those expectations because I think we're setting him up to fail. Two points per game last year. He's going to put that in the dust for sure. But I think the guy that we have to look at is Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams goes to the NBA after his sophomore year, and he was the face of Syracuse his sophomore year. But his freshman year? His freshman year, in 2011-2012, he played 26 games, no starts, so Benny actually played more. 10 minutes a game, like Benny Williams. He averaged 2.7 points per game, so less than one point more than Williams. A rebound and a half per game, same as Williams. Granted, Williams is a forward, and Carter Williams is a guard, but Carter Williams is also six foot six guard. Eerily similar stats. And Carter Williams stayed. Granted, it was a different era. Maybe he would have left if he had to sit out a year. But the next season, 40 games started in 40 games, 35 minutes per. 
12 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds, or rather assists per game, and five rebounds per game. So Carter Williams is a different case because he's a guard, and guards don't need to score as much if they are passing well. But Benny Williams could be uber successful at 10 points per game. He puts up 10 points per game and gets eight rebounds a game. That is shocking the world because a lot of people think he's a bum. So, only one way to find out. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about what the Frank Anselm transfer to Georgia means for SU Hoops. But thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On ACC. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And Candace Cooper does an outstanding job on Locked On ACC. We'll see you tomorrow.